What's up, Freedom Chasers? If you want to learn how to make money on the side as a virtual notary, we have the show for you today. Our guest has built a six-figure business as a virtual notary, and she never leaves her own office, and she's going to tell us exactly how she did it right now. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers Six Figure Strategies Podcast. If you're an agent or an investor yet to hit six figures, this is the show for you. We take a deep dive into strategies to help you achieve the goal of six figures so that you can grow up to seven figures eventually. All right, guys, meet Amy Seitz, owner and creator of Cyberize It, an online notary software program. She went from being just a notary to helping other notaries nationwide. On top of this, she kind of fell into this job as a real estate notary. So why don't you tell us the story? How did you become a, a real estate notary and how did this career evolve over time? Well, thank you so much. Um so my name's Amy Seitz. I'm an Ohio notary. I've been a notary for over 20 years and I never marketed it. I only did it as like an employer base. I never really knew there was money to be made, quite honestly. Once COVID hit, I was looking at some stuff to do. I was bored sitting at home, right? So I fell into looking at house closings. So I got my degree or certification for real estate transactions. And then I did six in-person signings. And if you've ever done or been at a closing, you know, there's like 120 pages, you have to print them twice, you have to sit with the signer, and then the notary has to take them and scan them and then ship them. And I was like, yeah, this is way too much work for this. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I've got my online endorsement, which in Ohio became legal in 2019. And I was like, there's got to be a way of making this work all online because I'm in Ohio. It's January. It's snowing. It's cold. I don't want to do all that. So I, uh, I basically took it with a fresh, clean slate and said, I'm doing it all online. I'm not doing anything else. I converted all of my marketing to doing it online digitally. And because I can do it online for anyone in the world, as long as my feet are in Ohio, it opened my customer base from being regulated by how far I, I would drive to literally opening the doors internationally overnight. So once I implemented those advertising tactics and started really pushing it, I started generating revenue. I actually went from $0 of clients on January 1st of 2021 to having about $2,000 a week in revenue within seven weeks. That is amazing. So you went to $2,000 a week in seven weeks. Seven weeks. Um, let's go back to the beginning just so everybody knows. So what is the process of getting your license to be a notary? And you had mentioned that to be a real estate notary, you do need a special accreditation. So let's tap that real quick. Perfect. So in every, every notary is regulated by their specific state. So all of the processes are going to be a little bit different, but you do have to go to your secretary of state or your state licensing department, and you have to do some sort of formal application. Typically, you don't need a high school diploma. You don't need any kind of college degree. What you typically need to do is have, be 18 years or older, be a resident or be employed in the state that you're applying for. That varies by state. Or 
or, or sorry, and you need to have a clean background check. So you've got to get your fingerprints done. And then some states require that you take a formal approved education course. Those are the good states, let's just say. But once you've done all of that, you submit it all into the office uh, that, that regulates the system and they will issue you a commission. A commission will last anywhere between two and, well, lifetime. So in Ohio, it lasts for five years, but like Louisiana, it is for life. So as soon as you have your commission, it is yours forever. So it definitely varies by state. After you've got your commission, you go and you get your stamp, We've all seen the notary stamps. And then you're able to start performing the notarial act for the people that you're in person with. To do real estate, you don't technically need the certification to do the documents, but title and underwriter want you to have this extra endorsement so that they know that you're a higher quality, that you've went through some formal education. Because like I mentioned, some states don't require training at all, right? So you can go, there's multiple places that you can take this course. The National Notary Association, the NNA, offers it. There are some private individuals that offer it, such as loan signing systems or notary to notary, notary to pro, different places. It's all a matter of how you learn and where you want to learn it from but all of them are recognized nationally. They also vary in price starting from $70 to over 500. So, you, but you get what you pay for, right? Now, to become the virtual notary, it's technically called remote online notarization. It's referred to as RON. Um, but if you just come out and say, oh, I'm a RON, they'd be like, um, okay, what is that, right? So I, I coined the phrase uh, virtual notary because we all know what virtual means, right? So first off, not every state will allow for a virtual notary commission. States such as South Carolina or California and a few others have not adopted the rules or laws to allow for it. Some states have a RON law like Alabama, but it's not really remote online notarization. It's what we call remote ink notarization, which is a whole different ball of wax and we're not gonna go there, but keep in mind that every state varies. But in states that has the ability to do uh, virtual notarization electronically, this, the notary would go to the state and file for that additional endorsement is what I call it. It's not a new commission because your commission stays the same, but you ask for the special privilege. You would turn in like what software system you're going to use to do the, te the, the technology behind your, your notarizations. You would turn in um, maybe some updated training materials might be required, things of that nature. And then they would issue you a new endorsement to your commission. So that's, in a nutshell, how everyone can do it in their own state. Absolutely beautiful stuff. So let's talk about marketing. So you went from zero to $2,000 a week in seven weeks. That's pretty impressive. Um, obviously, being able to market 
internationally is a huge benefit, but like, give me an idea how your marketing strategy looks like, what was your daily action plan kind of looking like? So at first I, I had that mindset of proximity. We all kind of do that. We're used to, uh, we're used to advertising to our, our current client base or where we think our client base is. And I pushed real heavy locally within like 50 miles or even the state, I think it was. And I'm like, my yeah, it was actually my husband goes, why are you limiting it to here? Why aren't you expanding? Because you can do all of this other stuff now. And I went, you know, I didn't even think about looking at it from a different perspective. So I went on to all of these different apps, um, Angie's List, there's one called Barked, you know, all of the service oriented apps, Thumbtack, and I, and they're all proximity based. So I had to create multiple profiles to give myself full exposure throughout their app. Now, luckily, Thumbtack allows you to do that with just one login. Angie's List, I had to manually click every zip code. It took forever. Um, but, we, you know, it, it was good business, right? Um, I, I started posting on social media and getting into groups that were outside of my general area looking for people that were looking for notaries. And then I, you know, moved forward. Another aspect that worked real well was sending out postcards. So I don't know if you realize this, but there is this thing called the Freedom of, Freedom of Information Act, the FOIA. And you can actually go to the Secretary of State's office and get a list of all of the registered businesses within a specific state. And you can target your ads based upon the industry that those businesses are operating under. So you can customize postcards that go to that specific need that they're looking for and send it to them. I prefer postcards because you see it before you throw it away. So sometimes, most of the time, you'll at least glance at a postcard. Um, but it, it might be something fun, right? I know when I get the carnival stuff, they're a postcard. I want to go on a cruise, so I'm going to take a look at it. But that's kind of generically how I went through and, and targeted. It took a while, but in addition to doing all that, I also had to make sure I was confident in what I was presenting to the clients. This was a new area for a lot of people. They were very uncomfortable with it. I was called a fraud, a scam. I got told that they were reporting me to the authorities multiple times. But I had to know that I was in the right. And if they really were not comfortable with it, I backed away and I let them figure out that they needed to come back to me. So I never pushed it down anyone's throat either. Gotcha. So in terms of marketing, it sounds like you had a pretty wide net. You were using multiple apps that were getting people reaching out to you, which is always wonderful. <laughs> so that's fantastic. And then you obviously, you you leaned into network and you started reaching out to businesses and reaching out to people that are going to need your services more than for the one house closing. And then it becomes repeat business and so on and so forth. Um, absolutely tremendous stuff. So you had mentioned there were some states that this won't work in. I suppose we should get that monkey off of our back. Like what states, um, if anybody's listening in right now, would be, you know, not the ideal states, we'll say. Well, let's put it this way. So in California, I'm going to pick on them. I like picking on California. A notary in California could not perform 
a virtual notarization for clients. They have to do it the traditional way. They have no option. However, I, as an Ohio notary, can service someone that's physically in California or service someone that's going to have documents filed in California. So think of it as right now in a traditional world, if a California citizen is selling a California property and they're there locally, they meet with the notary and they sign the documents, right? That's what we're used to. But now that California citizen, let's say they're stationed in Virginia. The, the traditional way would be for the title office to mail or email the documents to a local notary in Virginia who would go in person and sign the documents. And that notary being commissioned in Virginia is legally able to sign those documents and they are accepted in California as it stands now, right? Well, now we just kind of introduced it as a whole nother kind of level. So now this person who's from California is now stationed on a boat in the middle of the ocean on a barge, right? So now he connects to an Ohio notary electronically through an enhanced video, audio video session and we electronically sign the documents that electronic file gets given to title and now title can register that in California too. So it's just changing the format of how the documents are, are coming. The output changes from what we're used to, to being all digital. Makes a ton of sense. So I'm guessing if this person were still located in California, he would probably have to use a California notary. They probably would prefer that. However, with the onset of COVID, we, we did see an increase of local need for online notarization. Sometimes it's just a timing conflict. Sometimes it's just preference. Sometimes it is due to uh, medical incapacity to meet with someone physically. Okay, this makes a lot of sense. So let, let's talk about the difference in, in laws between doing this virtually and doing it in person. Because I've seen in person, you're kind of sitting with that person, you get to physically look at their ID. Like what are the difference in, from a legal perspective, we'll say. So the validation of a signer is completely different uh, online than what we're used to. Right now, you go, you sit down, here's my ID, here's my documents, I swear, and we sign, right? When we do it online, we have to go through a few extra steps and it can get a little challenging for people. First, we're gonna put you through a quiz. We've all had these quizzes, all right? When you're logging into your bank and they say, I need to know that it's really you. Where were you born? What's the last two or the first two numbers of your social? What streets have you lived on? What color's your car? It's going to give you five questions. You have to get four right within two minutes. So you're timed, you're limited. <laughs> so it can be a little bit of a struggle if, if you've got lots of history, right? Because it's going to say, when you lived at this address, which is, you know, air quotes, 20 years ago, which hospital was the is the closest one to that address? Well, I moved from that address more than 20 years ago and a new hospital's been built. And now I don't know that that hospital's... So it can get frustrating for people. 
In addition to that, not everyone is eligible for those kind of questions because if you're an investment broker and you're overseas investing in United States property, we can only pull those questions from USA history or USA public records. So we can't pull Spain's records to get the, when you were born or what color your car was. So that means they're ineligible and that can cause some frustration too. There's solutions, but it's frustrating. After you pass the quiz, because we're going to assume you know who you are, right? Then you're going to upload. So. I know, right? <laughs> then you're going to upload images of your ID. We can use a state driver's license. We can use a driver's license from a foreign country. We can use a passport. And in some instances, we can use um, internationally issued IDs, like just like, so you have your driver's license, you have a state ID. Well, if you're international, you get an international ID for that country. So you upload this ID and it goes through a really in-depth crypto analysis. It's going to analyze all of the information on the front. It's going to make sure that the picture's in the right place. All the holograms are in the right place. It's going to read the front language. And then if it's got a back, it's going to read the barcode on the back. And it's going to make sure that the front matches the back and that nothing has been altered. And then after that, you're able to enter into an, a live video session, kind of like an enhanced Zoom session with the notary and you'll be able to see and hear each other in perfect clarity. At that point, the notary can see what you've uploaded and you have to also hold it up to the camera and so they can see the IDs in your hand, your face and the ID that you validated with are all in line with one another. So it, it's quite an endeavor. Uh, the hardest part of an online notarization is validating the signers. Absolutely. Um, I'm super familiar with the questions you're talking about. It's like, what was the street number when you lived on Golfer's Lane? Um, <laughs> and stuff like that, which, you know, in theory is super easy to answer. But when you have the same name as your father, you know, some things get mixed up sometimes. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's funny that it's five questions and it gives you 120 seconds. I'm just like, man, I feel like it should be a lot quicker than that. But um, as you said, if they throw a curveball at you, it might be a little weird. Like, what was the closest hospital? That's like a weird question. I'm, I'd have to think about that one. So I know. Or the, no, the nearest cross street that, you know, that's another one. It's like, uh, <laughs> I never drove down those streets. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. So you had mentioned that a large part of your job is getting people to trust you and to realize that you're legitimate. So like talk about the underwriting process from the title company's perspective and working with them. Like how do you work with them in order to ease their minds and their concerns? Yes. And that's a big one. So the real estate industry is really the only ones that regulate it in depth for the virtual notarization aspects. And each underwriter has their own requirements. Stewart has theirs, Fidelity has theirs, WFG has theirs, you know, um, and, and they go from being standard to being extremely strict. So we're just going to go with the industry, industry standard right now, and they require that the platform be MISMO certified. 
And that is a certification is issued by the Mortgage Bankers Association. So that isn't really reflective of the notary, but more the technology that they're using to validate the signer. So when the software goes and gets, a, gets this certification, they apply to be MISMO and then they go through this questionnaire process and they go through a demonstration process to ensure that the standards of the software meet the minimum standards for remote notarization, um, technically by state. The, every state has different laws, but all of the standards are pretty much the same. And then they throw in a few extra punches. So like they want two-factored authentication of each person that's logging in. They, they want, they'll, if, if the signer disengages, it has to restart. So MISMO puts a little bit more pressure on making sure that it's right because we don't want fraudulent transactions to happen. I mean, they happen, don't get me wrong, but you know, nothing's foolproof, right? So first off, you wanna make sure you're using software that's MISMO certified. Um, there's about 30 platforms right now that are MISMO. I know of about 60-ish platforms that are out there in the industry right now. So about 50% of them are, are there. After you do that, the next part is with being with this is you have to make sure that title is familiar with it because a lot of times they don't know and they keep asking me to ship the documents and I'm like, um, no, I'll email them <laughs> um, because we don't deal with physical documents. I don't print anything. So getting them to be aware of exactly how online notarization works and getting them comfortable with that aspect was another hurdle, but it was ascertainable. Um, the next issue would be, will the recording office accept this? Because mind you, they do look different. When title gets this back, they're going to print them to take and record in most situations. Not everyone allows for electronic recording yet. But when you print these documents, we have to put a clause on there that they were notarized online. In addition to that, it's got the printed electronic signature. So you've got like the date and time stamp. You can see sometimes they're just typed signatures. They're not actual signatures. So it's gonna be very visibly evident that this was not done at a traditional setting. And some agencies are uncomfortable with that. They don't quite get it. So we do have to make sure that all three entities are 100% on board before we go through the efforts of doing it online. Because you, your clients, if they're international or if they're local in, in the US, they can still go and do it the old fashioned way. This way is just a little bit quicker and a little bit more economical. Absolutely. So you mentioned the different recording offices. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that because I mean as you said it could be varies very differently by county <laughs> like a lot of them require you to do it virtually and they might stamp it and then upload it and then you could download it later so give us like a broad strokes overview what you're looking for in terms of recording or we're yes well technically I don't actually contact the recording office I only tell title if they're uncertain they should contact the recording office prior to us starting the session because they're the ones that need to deal with that, not really me. But I do try to be on the up and up and make sure they know that they're gonna to have to make sure it's gonna be taken. Now, most recording offices will take it. We have um, 
a certificate that we can issue as a notary who's do doing it online. It's a certificate of authenticity. So basically, I notarize this document online. I print the document that we notarized online. I add a handwritten statement that says, I printed this document, which I performed an online notarization, and then I send that to the title office and they can record the deed with that secondary authentication. And that usually solves the problem. Okay, that makes sense. Let's talk a little bit more about verifying somebody's identity, right? So I'm sure there is some, um, some factor of using your gut feeling or something like that, because some people might not look at all like their picture, right? Somebody might have lost 100 pounds or grew a really big beard. So like how, let's just talk about that process in general. How do you verify somebody's identification and how do you know when it's time to just say pause? And maybe let's dive a little bit deeper into this guy or this person, we'll say. <laughs> no, that, that, that's really good. Okay, so let me give you a scenario of uh, something that I heard actually happened. I didn't do it. Um, this lady validated through all of the automated processes got into the session. I'm not sure if the notary did that third check of hold the ID and let me look at you. I'm not sure, but she signed on behalf of her sister who died the day before. Okay. Definite fraud, right? Impersonation, definite bad. That, that got thrown back out and, you know, the real estate agency was like, uh, not happening. So it does happen, but once you get into the session, you got to go with your gut. You know, it's just like being in person. If someone's lost a hundred pounds, I've lost a hundred pounds. Two years ago, I was not what you see now. Um, you're still going to run into that in person too. The ID isn't necessarily going to be an identical match, but you do have to kind of go with the gut. And the one thing that you lose when you do it online is when you're in person, you could see the signature on their ID. Well, now they're not actually doing that handwritten signature. I mean, seriously, everyone knows when you sign on your phone, it does not look like when you sign with an ink pen, right? I, I'm notorious at the checkout, squiggle, squiggle, you know. <laughs> It's just not going to match. Make your mark, not a signature. Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. So we lose that extra level of we can't check that. We can't rely on that aspect. But you do get a sense of whether someone's trying to be dishonest, such as if they're really struggling or they really throw a fit about having to do the ID validation. It's like, well, why? What's going on? You Give me some more details here, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, it is the notary's call, just like in person. If I feel something's up, I have every right to say, you know, we're going to have to table this for right now. And I need to go and check on something. Let me verify this, this, and this, or I can be very vague and, um, well, I'll contact title and we'll reschedule. I'm so sorry for the inconvenience, but the best thing about doing it online is when they get in this, when you get in a situation like that, I don't have to worry about walking out the door. I don't have to worry about my personal safety of walking away from a transaction. It's a simple click of the mouse. See you, bye, click. Right? Just leave the room. Yeah, exactly. I'll be in touch with you when I have more information. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I've, I had one transaction and it, he, I, I don't think it was him being fraudulent. He didn't want to sign it. So I think the sister got him through the validation aspects. And then when he got on camera, he wouldn't look at the camera. He wouldn't speak to me. He wouldn't engage with me. And I was like, you know, I'm sorry. I'm out. You're, you know, when he's ready to do this, feel free to reach back out. But I can't sign off on this. Okay. Makes sense. It doesn't surprise me. I figured that there's a gut feeling a lot of the times. But I imagine if you get a gut feeling, you probably start asking questions, right? It's like, okay, so like, why would you not want to share your ID with me? This is kind of standard. And questions like that um, in, in sales, you know, questions lead to confessions, right? If you just get good at asking questions, you'll get people to rat themselves out, I'm sure, half the time. <laughs> yep. And then a lot of times if they are doing that, typically they've got somebody else doing the verification and they're just jumping on the camera. So then when you get in on the camera and they don't have the ID that they validated with, then you're like, well, wait a minute. Why? You know, why don't you have that driver's license? You just used it. You had it right? just a minute ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. so, yeah. Okay, cool. So this sounds absolutely tremendous. Like if anybody wanted to become a virtual notary, like what, what advice would you give them? Oh, uh, okay. So I would say definitely go into learning your laws. You got to know your laws, but also kind of get a get a gist of other states too. So like if I have a client who doesn't have KBA, doesn't have the knowledge, doesn't have the quiz questions, then I can use oath of credible witness, which means we have to drag a third party in, or I can say my counterpart in Montana can use biometric verification instead of the quiz questions. So basically that client would upload their ID and take a selfie and it does a facial analysis to tell of whether or not they are the same person that was on the ID. And then they have to have a passing score. Right. So that's sometimes a lot easier for clients. And it's actually a little bit more trustworthy when you do it that way, because there's a lot I can answer my mom's questions and my kids can answer my questions. But I, my, you know, I'm not going to pass as my mom by my face. You know, I have a less than likely occurrence of doing that. Now, if it was identical twins, maybe, but you would have a little more assurance on that. The other thing that I would say is, I, I want to say you've got to learn how to improv. You've got to know how to pivot. You can't lose your cool just because you get stressed or the client gets stressed. So the more smooth you are, the more you're going to get clients. Because one, you're going to be confident in what you're doing. You're going to be comfortable. And that's going to make them confident and comfortable in you and the process, even when it all goes wrong. Right? And then... And this is real estate. It's going to go wrong sometimes. Yeah, it is going to go wrong, yes. And then the third one is, if you're going to do it, I don't want you to... You don't want to be what I call... I call you know, coin. Don't be a rusty Ron. All right? And when I say that, I mean... 
Don't do one transaction and then say, oh yeah, I've got other things to do. And then six or eight weeks later, you get another one. And then it's just like you're doing it all brand new again because you've not practiced it and you've not continued to keep moving with it. You're going to be jerky. You're going to be hesitant on your answers. And it's just not going to be a good overall experience for you or your clients. Absolutely. Repetition breeds experience, which breeds confidence, right? So, I mean, the more you do something, the more often you do it and more frequently also. Like if you do something a lot 20 years ago, you can't just expect to figure it out today. <laughs> so, right. It's not like riding uh, a bike. <laughs> unfortunately. And even riding a bike is tougher than a lot of people make it seem to be after like 10 years. <laughs> You'll still figure it out, but it, it's not quite the first try. Um, at least it wasn't for me. <laughs> But anyways, Amy, um, we kind of just hit the new year. It's like February 8th now. Like, What are your goals over the, the next 12 months or so? Oh, so I have started transitioning my work a little less with doing the notarizations because I opened the software system itself up. So now I'm focusing more on broadening the awareness of virtual notarization and assisting notaries with training and mentorship to get them to where they are comfortable, confident, and presenting a valid transaction every single time. It's amazing to me, to now that I see it from a different perspective, to see where some notaries struggle or where they sometimes will bend things in order to get the transaction to go through because the they're just uncertain of how the, the system works. You know, a lot of times notaries are trained. You have to have the KBA quiz, but they don't tell you what to do when that doesn't happen. We don't get told when that doesn't happen. Here's why. Here's what we need to do. They just say, here's what you have to do. So notaries struggle with connecting the dots, especially new ones or new virtual notaries that is. So so my goal is to spread awareness in that aspect. Um, I've been traveling to different types of conventions and, you know, presenting in a uh, presenter format to or speaker format to different industries, bringing awareness to the security factors that virtual notarization brings to the table. Because in-person notarizations, we, we have fraud every day. In, in person, someone says, oh, here, so-and-so signed this, stamp it for me. Oh, okay, boom. I have no proof that they met. And, and I have no proof that anything. I There's no way to prove that in person. But when you do it online, you've got that digital history. You've got the audit. You've got the ID verification checkmarked. You've got the video of them actually communicating through the whole session. It's kind of hard not to prove that it was done right. But it also shows when it was done wrong. You know, so I, I want to protect yeah, the notaries. That's a lot of records, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it is hard to clean that up um, <laughs> if you push somebody through that didn't deserve it. It's like, hey, we recorded that whole thing. Exactly. <laughs> so. Oh, this makes a ton of sense. So, like, if anybody was interested in this, Amy, like, what would be the best way for the audience to reach out to you? Well, yeah. So, if they are interested in learning more, they can go to our website. It is cyberizeit.com, C Y B E R I Z E I T.com. I tell everyone don't just notarize it, cyberize it, right? 
and you can click on four notaries and it will give you some information about the platform itself and how they could join. If they're interested in just using our own our notaries, because we do have notaries on demand 24-7, which is kind of a phenomenal feature. So if your client speaks sign language or Russian, you can actually connect to a notary that can communicate with your client on our platform. So if you're interested in doing that, you can click on either for individuals or for businesses, and you can create a free account and connect to us that way as well. Absolutely tremendous stuff. Um, Amy Sites, this has been an absolute pleasure. I think this is just an amazing side hustle for anybody in real estate. Like you're already talking to attorneys, you're talking to title agents, you're talking to investors, you're talking to people that need notaries. You might as well just tap into that money because it's right there. It's right in front of your face. Um, so thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business, Amy. And to those of you out there chasing freedom, freedom is accomplished one action at a time. Consider going out there and getting your commission as a notary and making some money on the side and potentially full-time income working from home, making more than six figures. You can't really beat that. Um, tell somebody you know that can help hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thanks for tuning in and we will catch you on the next one.